0: And uh, I do believe everybody's everybody's got looks like an outline already because I see those outlines already out. So I think we pass those out. And we're moving along with the food by the blue bushel. <laughs> Nothing like, I don't know what's going on in there, but there's I'm a lot I'm here every so often going, Boy, I'm telling you, having too much fun in there, okay? I saw Mountain Dew in there, I'm not sure, but, you know, <laughs> no. I didn't. Mountain Dew is not what you want to give kids any time of the day. And if you want them to stay up till. Well, we're all late, you know, you just get them out and them them Mountain Dew. That's dangerous stuff. But, uh, anyways, that's like their energy drink times twelve or whatever. Uh, so scary stuff, dangerous stuff that you buy in the store should be uh, should be outlawed, right? Uh, <laughs> so we're if you got in Raleigh, we're looking at fruit by the bushel. Nothing like seeing a bush and you have it in your yard. And I'm, I'm dreaming because I've walked by people's bushes or trees, and they're lemon trees, and they're just They've just got all these lemons on it. That's, and then they're falling off the ground. And, on the ground they're, and they're just going on the ground. And they're, they're uh, going decaying on the ground. And I'm thinking, I'll, maybe I'll knock on the door, see if they'll let me have a few of those. Uh, and you see those, and you just go, you know, wow, that's neat, how that tree produces. And if you go to these groves, whether they're apples, peaches, cherries, different groves of uh, trees that produce uh, different fruit. And in Washington State, they have the apple trees. They're just loaded with apples. And that's their business. They're loading those things with apples and uh uh these these trees and they're about ready to pick and they wait for the uh, i believe they wait for the cold snap they wait wait for their almost the first freeze and they got the windmills going to so everything doesn't get too cold but it gets cold enough to where the apple will get a certain crunch to it if you bite into it it has a crunch to it and so it has that quality effect and they know which is when to pick them and they get those things off the trees and thank the lord for migrant workers by the way because they pick those off the trees, and, they, and nobody can outpick them. They are very good at what they do, and it is a blessing to have them. I'm mean, telling you, if they weren't there, I, there's, there's a lot of growers up north that would say, hey, we, we have to have these people here. They're a blessing and so those apples, they go in, and they, they harvest those apples. They'll have big wooden bins back back. At least years ago, they had wood, big wooden bins, and they fill those with uh, apples. And uh, then they get sent, and they get washed, into different things. Then they get uh, some of them. They they ship them off uh, to different countries. They do a uh, sales blitz, and 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 the and the world enjoys apples. I don't know if that's because of Johnny Appleseed or whatever. You heard you ever heard the story of Johnny Appleseed. He's promoting apples across the country, whatever, and and whatever plant apple trees, whatever. I don't don't know how much of that was true but anyways but uh, we think about being fruitful we love things that are fruitful we love trees that are fruitful we have a tree well we all have a tree we don't just one lemon on there we want a lot of lemons we want uh our cherry trees that are loaded we want all these different things these are a place of blessings even in israel he blessed them and uh he he brought about blessing in their lives and uh they were able to enjoy uh uh places that Drew things that in size or quality can't be matched because God's blessing was on the people of Israel. So today, uh, we're moving along here today, in our text here is going to be 2 John 1. 2 John 1. And so let's turn there if you would. And... Uh, If I was talking about breakfast or I was talking about steak, we would be savory, but apples, cherries, and things like that, I'm not sure how much we're not getting hungry on that one yet. But we do have snacks. After the sunny school, so I've seen that table back there. We got to move along because we don't know how long that table is going to hold all that food back there up there. That they load that thing on there. I think I told Patricia. I think that, that I think it's a really a, a, a double decker of food on one t- on one deck. You know, it's just a, a lot of food, and they place that just right, and it's back there, and uh, they do that on purpose. So you walk by and go, well, well, it'd be nice to get one of those now. Uh, but uh, but that'll be waiting, and and so that that'll be there hopefully when we get back there. It'll be a blessing. For those that are looking forward to that, and uh, so I'm still turning. Second John, chapter one, verse one. Oh, I went past it. And it says the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth, but for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever. Or forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of the of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, Lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that which He had uh, from the beginning, that He, oh, that we love one another. And this is love. This is love that we walk after the, His commandments. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered, entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come into the into the, uh, in, come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of christ hath not god he that abideth in the doctrine of christ he hath both the father and the son if there comes any unto you and bring not the this doctrine receive him not into your house neither bid him god speed for he that abideth him uh, ab- or he that bideth him, Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. In verse twelve, and having many things to write unto you, I write not. Uh, I uh, write to you. I uh, having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of the Thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. So we see in introduction, we live in an age that celebrates cultural diversity, culture in deep-rooted, intriguing, and appealing to, the, uh, to our sense of heritage. And many people are tempted to place a culture, or place culture, whether it be their own heritage or simply another culture that interests them above truth. Sometimes our interest in culture goes no further than the healthy study or enjoyment of ethnic food. It may be more in depth in more, maybe in depth, extending to language, fashion, or social traditions, it is an ultimate and most dangerous, extreme interest in culture can lead us to embracing a, uh, of religions, teachings, and practices that are not that are contrary to the truth of God's word. Now we see that in even in, in we see that with Israel it was a big problem. They got uh, rubbing shoulders and growing up with people and that had different religions. It was a different culture. Many of those different places over there had different cultures, had different religions, believed in different gods. And so that became a dangerous thing uh, when they intermixed and they, and they, and they uh, became an accepting of those things. And they moved away from God. And so God, you know, the Word of God shows us here that we, we uh, have to take our, our truth that God has given us and put it up and keep it up where it needs to be, above all other truth, above not all other truth, but all other things that could be in, invading Satan works. He works hard to invade our ter- our, our little area, and uh, he's always working. The devil is always working to make an inroad and to uh, uh, mess up what we have with the our relationship with the Father. See, our relationship to God's truth affects every 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 other relationship, not only in this life but in eternal life as well. In this life, what we do with the truth today affects every aspect of every days lives and relationships our relationship to truth affects us today if we reject the truth of jesus christ death and burial and resurrection as a substitute for our sin we will suffer for eternity in a place the bible calls hell jesus of course knew the uh, ramifications of this as we see through his prayer in john 17 this chapter contains uh what many refer to as Christ's intercessory prayer in reading this prayer we have the opportunity to listen in as jesus prays for his disciples and this group indicates uh includes us so we see here john 17 verse 20 it says neither pray i for these alone but for them also which which shall believe in me through their word so in this chapter we can hear jesus pray for our faithfulness our effectiveness in walking with the Lord, and our relationship in his truth. And so John 17, 17, listen to this. This may sound very familiar to you. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Right here, his word is truth, okay? So the Bible sets up the table and allows us to understand the word is truth. And so we need to understand it as Christians. It needs to be in the forefront of our minds to understand that the Bible is like no other Bible. We should never, ever treat it like it's another book in our library. It should be the centerpiece of our lives. If you're a Christian, it should be the centerpiece of our lives. It should be that important to us. It is God speaking to us. There is no other book like it. It is one of a kind. We see in verse 17, Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus knew his disciples would only grow, become sanctified if they were Firmly planted in the truth of the Word of God. in it, it is the truth the Apostle John speaks of in 2 John as he writes to someone he refers to as an elect lady and her children. In this lesson, we will study the letter John wrote and learn how we can become rooted in truth. But first, there is there is some background information. 2 John is uh, written by the Apostle John, who refers to himself as the elder and so uh, we see that John warns against false teachers and were about, that were abounding in the first century, especially in the religion known as Asia Minor, which is the modern-day Turkey. Turkey, kind of like Turkey, but no, that's not the kind of Turk we're talking about, a country called Turkey, right? An area there in the Middle East there. So among the false teachers were agnostic, who taught that the material world was evil, knowledge was supreme, and you can believe There is a God, but he cannot be known personally. Many of them deny the deity of Jesus Christ. So there are two uh, views concerning the phrase the elect lady and her children. Some theologians believe the word lady is personifying personifying, uh, a local church and that the phrase, her children, refers to the members of this church. Others believe the word lady refers to a particular woman in Asia Minor, perhaps a lady who opened her home as the location for a church. Our study in this lesson takes the second view. Rootiness in Christ means we are connected not only in Christ, but also to his people. We relate, we relate to the uh, other Christians with respect to the truth that we hold in common. And that truth is the basis for the epistle of 2 John. So number one, our relationship in the truth. From the outset of this letter, John shares the foundation of his relationship to the elect lady. This letter is about truth. And so we see that this letter is about truth. This letter is about truth, not about the lady her house or Asia Minor. It's all about truth. It's the same with our church, Christ church. We must never forget that this truth about which John spoke is the reason we, we gather. It's not about people, buildings, or culture. It's, it, we gather because of the truth. We surround the truth. And so uh, praise the Lord for the truth today, man. And we have the opportunity to, to, it. That, to surround, the, uh, uh, surround that truth and be around that truth. As Christians, that's what we have in common. And it brings us together. We see number A, it is our bond. Evident in all areas of life is the fact that common beliefs create common bonds. In illustration, some bonds are developed through similar taste in food or instance. Uh, For instance, one person may like Mexican food. How many of you guys like Mexican food? I like Mexican food. I do. Uh, and there's different Mexican food out there. There's some better than others, right? <laughs> Go, you have your restaurants or you have what you like to put together. We like our Mexican food. So that person would enjoy eat, going out to eat with a friend who enjoys Mexican food. It would be the same with Chinese food, pizza, favorite fast food restaurants, etc. The bond is common, uh, common affinity for a particular food. It is a social bond. People love going to places and having coffee. Look at Starbucks. That's where Starbucks, I mean, they made a big uh, deal. You go to Seattle, there's other places. I used to deliver milk up there. And there's other little cafes and places that have are packed full of people that love to come. They get on their computers and they socialize over coffee. Yeah. They do it. It does happen. In Seattle, it happens there all around us. We see that. And uh, so our social bonds may be developed because of our similar geographical areas, have similar educational backgrounds, enjoy similar hobbies or are in similar financial circumstances christians don't have to like the same uh same food or cultural peculiarities our bond is the truth of the word uh, word of god we gather together not because of social likes or dislikes but because of our bond in god's truth now I'll tell you that Baptists—we love food. We like a lot of different food. If you come to church, you're going to understand that we like food. You go back there in a few moments, you're, you can understand. Yeah, those people like food. Look at the stuff disappear. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and so, but we enjoy food. Uh, but we understand that we enjoy the truth. We enjoy it. We're supposed to continue to enjoy it. There, are, there should be two chords of the bond of truth: love and discernment. Love is the base of in truth is more solid than the emotional. Come and go love, which abounds around us. Truth-based love creates a deep spiritual bond. This is the kind of love that we are to have as fellow Christians. It is also the love of, uh, love of God, for uh, love God has for us, a firmly fixed love, not dependent upon our performance. We love for us is based on the truth that he, he is love. And we talk there in 1 John 4, 8 and 16. But in 1 John 4, 10, it says this 1 John 4.10, here in his love, not that we, he, we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Now, propitiation is a covering. Jesus is the only one that was able to cover our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We think about the fact that. It was propitiation, the covering. He was the only one that could provide that covering. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? And so we see that. And so we, uh, we see how God works. In Romans 838 39, it says, Romans 8:38 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, in verse 39, it says, "Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." Amen. We think about the fact that you could draw, you could put the deepest uh, Grand Canyon, the deepest canyon there is, or you could put the space as far as you want, but there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. We as Christians, what a great that is! A great thing that is. To understand. In addition to love, our bond of truth should have the cord of discernment. Oh, we need some Christians that have discernment. And this Word of God gives you the discernment that we need. And we need to ask God for discernment. Amen? What do you think, God? What do you think about this? It smells pretty good. It, 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 it looks pretty good. What do you think, God? What do you think? And we, we reach out to God for that discernment, too. Right. But we look for the discernment. We we know that we need to have discernment in our, our lives. So uh, it becomes uh, important for us to have. Uh, discernment safeguards the truth. And that is why God does not call us to indiscriminate bond of love. In Philippians 1.9 it says, Philippians 1.9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may prove things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So, you know, uh, we understand that discernment keeps us from a lot of bad things that can happen in the Christian's life. And things that we could be careful, and we could be careful for other people too, we can look out for other people, and that's why it's important. We think the fellowship is a good thing uh, and, and keeping us out of trouble we We give accountability to others and we're having others pray for us and we're praying for them, or whatever the case may be're be. we're a church family, and we're praying for each other, and so we're, we understand and we're looking out for each other and uh, ho- and hopefully we're doing that, and we have discernment in our lives, and we're sharing that discernment with others. And hopefully, and it needs to be godly discernment. He has to be needs to be godly discernment, and so we follow him, and so we are to prove that which is excellent. Our love should abound with knowledge and judgment, discernment. God calls us to have doctrinal discernment, which is discernment in the truth. While others may share a bond founded in their liking or particular hobby or diet or culture idea or are bound together in the New Testament Baptist Church. Because we believe the truths of God's word, doctrine is the glue that holds believers together in the local church. It holds us together. We see that uh, Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking in bread and in prayers. When a bond is based on anything other than the doctrinal truth of God's word, it is weak temporal bond. And and while we can have diversity in the areas of of culture, circumstance, hobbies, or preferences, there can be no diversity in truth. God's truth is singular, supreme, and right. And it is a common bond. Now, you might say, well, that's pretty narrow there. Yeah, well, narrow is the way. We think about the gospel. How many churches have lost the message of the gospel? You have to wonder how to get saved if you go to some churches. You go to some of these places; they call themselves churches, and you would be. Uh, I've gone to. I've gone to other Baptist churches, when I was younger, many years ago, and I can't tell you how to get to heaven by going there, and that shouldn't be a. Mis- that shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't. It should be out there. and I'm not even sure those. Some of those people were saved. If They weren't giving out the gospel. Uh, John 14:6 says this: "Jesus saith unto them, or unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." Well, that's, just, that's narrow, isn't it? That's from Jesus himself. And so he said it and he put it out there. And we understand the Bible. It funnels us to the place where uh, he, we, we, we end up where God wants us to be. Number one, he wants us to be saved. Number one. Number two, he wants us to get baptized. Baptism doesn't get us to heaven, but, ba- but it's the first step of obedience. And, and it's a blessing for the believer. It helps in your relationship with the Lord. And so it's a great thing. We also see it as our strength. The word truth in verse 2 is from the Greek word uh, aletheia, meaning uh, objectively. uh, What is true in any matter under consideration, according to truth, this is a truth that will remain forever. It is a strong abiding truth we can hold on to, for it never changes no no matter what the circumstances or culture. Now we see dwelleth is from the Greek word uh, meno, and it means to remain, abide remain or abide the truth we embrace doesn't leave us it is our strength we can hang on to it we can, we know it's always there malachi 3 6 says this malachi 3 6 says uh for i'm the lord i change not Amen. and we as christians we if you get to know that if you live a life long enough we're glad that he does not change right. i mean we may change and we may dislike this or that or change our minds about whatever he does not change and by the way, he's seen he's seen the he knows the past, he, he knows the future, and he has seen the future, and he knows the the present and he, he has seen the future. He knows everything. Our God does. And that baffles many of us, but we understand that he is in control. He's in complete control and he doesn't change. He's not gonna he's not gonna change about how much he loves you. And he loves us. And praise the Lord, he does. We also say, he see Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus Christ the same today or the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the same. So we see that uh, we have a world that is ever changing. How many would you would say our world is changing? Our world is always changing, yeah. And uh, if you thought you could get your favorite drink at certain place, like uh, like like a like a, like a uh, espresso, whatever, or you, you go down your Starbucks and you get your favorite drink, oh, sorry, we don't carry that anymore. Because things are always changing in this world. You get your favorite plate of food at a certain place. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't carry that anymore. Panda, they don't carry sesame chicken. We used to love sesame chicken. We can't get that anymore. But it's seasonal. It's something they bring back, and they, you know, they taunt you with it, whatever. But uh, uh, things are always changing. But God doesn't change. God is consistent. What He said yesterday is still applied today, and within the context of the time in which we live in. We know that we're running out of time. We know that when Jesus Christ pulls out the church through the uh, uh, before the tribulation and that rapture happens, things change. Yeah. But we understand that God is still the same. Right. What a great God we have! Yeah. So we see an illustration: the hobbies and all the other things that uh, this world that we enjoy will not last forever if our, your hobby is collecting and building air, model airplanes these airplanes will crash and burn someday if your hobby is hunting uh someday your, your your guns and trophies will burn fishing and motorcycles cooking uh whatever your hobby it is only temporal my car's not gonna last forever yeah, we already know that, don't we? If you, if you own a car long enough, we're going, man, I, I, don't, I hope it lasts. You know, we're going to run this thing till the wheels fall off, right? Uh, we're going to get our money's worth out of it. That's what we want to do. But we know it's so temporal. And we know with our lives, are just temporal. Our bodies are temporal. And uh, it, it makes us yearn for our future body, which is not going to be temporal. It's going to be eternal. And it's going to be uh, quite a thing. And God created create, creates for us. but the truth is eternal. the truth uh, you believe and embrace will be your strength today and they will and they will be with you forever. As you spend time studying and practicing God's truth, you are spending time on what matters and lasts. And uh, so many people were trying to make uh, they're trying to buy the next mansion, buy the next car. Buy this next property, whatever it might be, and that stuff isn't going to last. It's temporal. It's all temporal. We understand that it is, it, it, there's nothing wrong with uh, acquiring property. There's nothing. Uh, that's why I live in a shack. You no, know, well, I'm not going to live in no shack if I can help it. Amen. Uh, but uh, we need to understand that we need to know that this world is temporal. It's not going to be around forever, uh, and so. Uh, As you spend time studying and practicing God's truth, you are spending time on what matters and lasts. As John wrote this letter to the elect lady, he challenged her to be passionate in her commitment to the truth uh, and and that and her love for hospitality. She would not compromise the truth, that she would not compromise it. How easy it is for us in our desire to reach out to other people, to negotiate truth in our minds and hearts, we don't have, we we don't want to offend those we are help hoping to encourage and so we allow ourselves to accept what we know to be false hoping that acceptance will draw the person to us eventually to the lord god and his truth never change and we must not allow any passion or for or for teaching or preaching or entertaining others to bring us to a place where we say there are, these are really good people and i can and i help and I can help them if I don't be so dogmatic about what about my own beliefs. Truth doesn't change, and truth is the strength we need in our relationship with others. Believers and unbelievers alike, John challenges challenged the elect lady not to lose the bond of truth, but to hold on to truth. Not only did John remind her that the truth endures forever and is strength, but he pointed out that the truth is encouraging. Truth should be encouraging to us. Second uh, John 3 says, Grace be unto you, mercy and, gra- uh, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Right. So we see that what energizing in our, in our, uh, encouragement we find in the words, God's pe- goodness and grace are the motivation that lead us along in our walk with him. His mercy, peace, and love cause us to desire his truth. And his truth, and his truth, is our strength? It is our. It is truth that holds us firm in our walk with the Lord. I'll tell you today, you don't know what you can count on. Everything's changing. It's a little uneasy, um, uh, and we need to. We need to be able to hold on to something that's firm, and that's the truth of God's word. And so, this world is going in all kinds of different directions. You feel like you're on a boat. You ever feel like you ever been on a boat, and that boat's so you're going back and forth. You get seasick, and you got these little pills, sometimes they're green, they're different, and they're seasick pills, you take those, you're supposed to take them ahead of time, you're not supposed to take them while you're getting sick, if you take them while you're getting sick you're probably too late, but anyways it's good to have those, and, and you're going back and forth, and see, and that's this world, it's so unstable, but God's God is not unstable God is the same yesterday, today, and forever and he has promises within his word that tells us how we, you know it's a great thing for us to be able to say hey, according to God's word, I can know I'm on my way to heaven I can know it. I can know Jesus as my sa- I can accept Jesus as my Savior. And the Bible talks about how I can accept him. And he, he has died on the cross for my sins. He was placed in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again. That's the gospel. And I put my faith and trust in that. Not in anything this world has. Uh, we put our faith and trust in that. And when we do, we accept Christ as our Savior. We invite him to come into our hearts, our lives. And we, we, we believe it. And we, we believe it, we accept it, and we accept Him as Savior, and we have that gift of eternal life, and there, thus, we know that we're on our way to heaven according to Scripture. We do things according to God's truth. And so, we see, number two, our responsibility with the truth. The most important knowledge of life is knowing Christ. The knowledge brings us threefold responsibility. So we see, number A, we walk. We need to walk. We need to walk, okay? Just as every they are found in verse 4, just as er, uh, every parent finds no greater joy than in the knowledge that his or her children walk in truth, John experienced great joy when he saw the elect lady's children walking in truth. They didn't only believe truth, they walked in it. This was the undoubtable undoubtedly a result of learning the truth of the doctrines of Christ, rehearsing those truths and then applying them into their lives. The uh, the truths that uh, had been delivered to these people were being delivered and lived in, in, in this home. Walking in the truth implies more than a sunny morning relationship. The truth is not something to sit on a shelf or the dashboard as soon as church is over. If we are to become rooted and grounded in Christ, we must walk in the truth throughout the week. We will not walk in truth if we hear the truth on Sunday, only to live outside that truth on Monday. Those who walk in the truth live out Sunday's message on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all throughout the week. They spend time in God's Word, not only in church on Sunday, but at home on Monday. And all throughout the week. They apply daily uh, what God teaches them. And they share with others what God has taught them. They continue in the truth. It is a purposeful choice from from a sincere heart. That choice can be, be, uh, be uh, can become reality if we make practical, non optional decisions for our life. If we look at it like this, if we look at it like you know, there is no I don't see any other uh, way to go but this way, the way that God has set for me. You don't have to look far for his path. God has put his path right there. We understand number one: read the word of God. Uh, read the word of God is number one, and in, and in, in, uh, uh, some things we can do, we need to do. Read the word of God. Deuteronomy seventeen eighteen. Deuteronomy seventeen eighteen says, and it shall and it shall lie when or it shall be she says, and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of. This law in the book out of that which is before the priests and Levites. In verse 19, and it shall be with you, with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all his w- words of this law and these statutes, to do them how's he going to do them if he doesn't know what they are so he had the word of god needs to be right before us just as a king would lead his country we see that he uh, god instructed the kings of israel to make his word central in their lives it was through reading the bible that they would learn to fear the lord to keep god's law to do what he said they couldn't lead rightly without his truth before them them daily we live in a time when everyone is busy our schedules are very always full we we have work, church, social obligations, sports, commuting, uh, commuting seminars, classes, and seemingly, uh, seemingly countless other, other things vying for our time. And we fit most of them into our schedule, even though we wonder how we can get it all done. What keeps us from including Bible reading in these busy schedules, it is, is it a lack of time or is it a lack of heart? A 19th century preacher Robert Chapman made a convi- uh, convicting statement, "The great causes of neglecting the scripture is not what is not want of time, but want of heart. Some idols taking the place of Christ. What are those idols that are taking the place of your Bible reading? We see the Bible reading is important. In illustration, picture a a college student who is away from his home, his family and his girlfriend. He goes to school in the morning and works in the evening. He comes home dirty, tired, and ready to fall into bed. But the first place he goes when he gets back to campus is not the dorm room. It is the mail room. He is excitedly anticipating a letter from his girlfriend. This is in the day before emails and cell phones, by the way. (laughs) There it is, the letter. He can smell the perfume before he even sees the letter. He sits down on the bench, forgetting for the moment how utterly worn out he is. He carefully opens the letter so as not to risk tearing one word or letter. Then he carefully reads and rereads each letter, sentence, and paragraph, even the return address, until he has it practically memorized. He wants to know what she has to say because he loves her, and because she loves him, and he is willing to inconvenience himself to spend time in her presence through this letter. He would be—he would—he uh, would be wise to ask ourselves: Do I read my love letter from God? Do I love Him? He loves you. Read His Word. We see also, we see is, we're going to look at one more thing here, study the word of God. Study the word of God. We see in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of, uh, the word of truth. So he wants us to be, uh, he wants to be approved of God. Am I doing things? And that means that we're in interaction with God. He's He's over our lives and he's directing us. And we're wanting to be directed ever many of us we don't we don't want to be directed I know that some kids are that way I, don't, want to, I don't, don't show me how to do it I can do it no you know but they should be directed sometimes you know and uh, sometimes they have to change their uh, how they're doing things that they want to be directed I want to be taught and so we see this is important we think about how we need to designate a notebook particularly for study of the Bible as you read God's Word, don't just gloss over parts you don't understand. Write them down. Look them over. Look them up in the dictionary or concordance. Or ask your Bible class teacher or pastor for help. What we need to do, we need to study God's Word. Today, so many people don't study God's Word. We need to get God's Word and study it. And get the blessings that God has for us. By the way, God wants to give each and every one of us blessings, those nuggets, out of the Word of God. He wants us to be accomplished in Bible study. Each and every one of us. He wants to speak through every one of our lives. Not just one of us should be out of that equation. And so plug in and get involved with God, With God, okay? It's not enough just to be saved. Get involved and, and, and grow and allow God, uh, allow God to do something special in your lives. So we'll continue on next week with number three and I'll move along. Thank you for your patience, your time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, God. For